In the mid-18th century, the estate at Clestron was owned by William Honeyman. Now, Honeyman had a reputation of being a blustering bully of a man. He was violent, and he was also a renowned smuggler, despite the fact he'd put his signature to a document denouncing the trade. Now, his poor wife Mary had to put up with a lot from him, and I suppose so did all the local crofters around there as well. Now, the local crofters paid their rent in kind, so instead of paying money, they would pay it by giving them grain, barley, that they'd grown. And that would be shipped away to be sold in markets in Norway or in the Hebrides. The one year, in 1758, the laird was getting together all his grain to go on a trip to the Hebrides, and he decided to take his son Mungo with him. Now, Mary wasn't happy about this at all. She said that the boy was far too young to go on such a dangerous journey. But the laird said never a bit. He wouldn't hear a thing of it. He said that the boy was absolutely fine to go and that he needed to go because he needed to learn the trade. So he was coming. Now the servants started to get together. All the grain was put into sacks ready to be shipped on board as soon as they were sailing. And everything was being prepared. And the night before they sailed, the laird, with his right-hand man, a man called Chon, who they said was cut from the same cloth as the laird, they went out with a chest. And in this chest, it contained the family treasure. They said that there was uh, a huge amount of money in there, including a bag of Spanish dollars. And they carried this chest up to the hill dike, an earthen dike that surrounded the cultivated land and separated it from the rough grazing on the hillside. And they buried the chest. And the laird returned and he told his wife where it was and he told her to keep an eye on it, to watch over it. So the next day, the grain was loaded onto the ship and they set sail. Poor Mary stood and watched them leave until the boat disappeared from sight out through the mouth of Hoy Sound and disappeared. Now three months passed, and the shout went up that the laird's boat had been sighted, and all the servants ran down to be ready to unload whatever cargo it was that he'd bought in the Hebrides. And when the boat got nearer, Mary could see quite clearly there in the bow of the boat was Mungo and John the servant, and there with his hand on the tiller was the laird himself, William Honeyman. Now the boat came up to the place where it usually anchored, and as it got there, it slowly disappeared into thin air. Now Mary knew that that was a bad sign, seeing a phantom ship. She was a sensitive soul, so she took to her bed, not feeling too well. And after a time, news came to her that the ship had indeed been lost. On its first day out from Orkney, it sank off Cape Wrath. It had been swamped by a wave, which had filled the boat. Poor Mary went into decline, and she died soon after that, the say of a broken heart. But they do say that in the evenings... If you look along the hill dike there, you can sometimes see a white figure of a lady floating along the dike. And they say that that's Mary Honeyman, still guarding that treasure like her husband had told her to. Many people have looked for it, 
and no one's found it yet. Now that was a story that was well known, and when Dr. Chon Ray was a boy, he knew that story too. He said in his autobiography that he had a Highland nurse that used to tell him ghost stories and fairy stories, which scared him so much that he was hardly able to go to sleep at night. He even said that that continued with him throughout life, and he would even be startled by the sound of a screech of a bird at night by a campfire in Canada. Now, that house was the old Holoclestron, where Ray was born in, in the new Holoclestron. But the old hall lies down by the shore, and it had the reputation of being haunted. And Ray, as a boy, loved nothing more than to go hunting. And one of his favourite spots for hunting was down on the shore, just along from that old house. And it meant that he had to pass it with his gun on his way to his favourite hunting ground. And it absolutely terrified him to walk past it. But his desire to go hunting was stronger than his fear of ghosts. But, he said, at night, if you looked out your window down towards that black shape of that old ruined building, you could see ghostly lights flickering in it, which he assumed was the ghosts of a laird. Now, he discovered in later years that what he was actually seeing there was nothing more than smugglers who were using the haunted building as a good safe place to store smuggled goods because nobody went there. What they were doing was signalling to ships at sea that it was safe to come and land their cargo at Chin and Brandy. That is a story that John Ray would have known. And yet they do say that to this day, on the anniversary of the Laird's death, his ghost and the ghost of his servants can be seen preparing the boat ready for sea. And it was also said that members of the Honeyman family were able to see that phantom boat from time to time. Fairly recently, in about the 1980s or 90s, there was a woman who was descended from that family, was by the shores of Scapaflow and Orpha, and she saw what she describes as a strange antique-looking sailing boat, which she pointed out to her husband and friends. But none of the group could see that boat except her. <laughs> <laughs> 